a secret. This is an episode of the Monster Baby Podcast. What is the Monster Baby Podcast? It's a curious prompt through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. Who are you? I'm Ted Tamizo. Who am I? You're Lisa Rowland. And we are your hosts? Yes. Great. Hey. Today we're talking about creativity. Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And stuff. We're talking about creativity. <laughs> That's today's thing. And uh, yeah. That's it. That's it. I think that's it. That's what I'm listening. <laughs> Nothing but creativity. It's all creativity all the time, 24-7. Rockin' and rollin'. Here we go. I like that you have year-round poinsettias. I am stunned that these poinsettias have lasted as long as they do. And not only have they lasted as long as they do, I mean, I thought poinsettias were just a Christmas thing and then they would die. Yeah. Okay, they have lasted, they are resurrecting. So the one here on my dining room table has been robust all year. The one over by the door- Is coming back. Destroyed. So I am under the impression that poinsettias are toxic to cats. That is an impression that many people have, and I had also. Not true? Research shows that they are mildly toxic Oh, okay. if the cats eat them. And your cats don't eat them. My cats don't eat them. But Marley ran into the plant over by the door and in my bedroom and snapped the branches. Yeah. Or the, are those branches? What are the they? stems. Stems, thank you. And uh, they're coming back. It's very nice. They... <laughs> It just kind of makes me laugh every time I see these. I've had this splash of red, and not only that, but I did not know that the red leaves of the poinsettia turn green and just become regular. And just become regular leaves over time. That's pretty cool. So here we are in May, and I've got three poinsettias in my house, and (laughs) they're providing lovely color. (laughs) Great, great. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Happy Holidays. (laughs) Happy Holidays. Well, does that give you any insight into what we should talk about today? <laughs> I'm kind of, creativity is kind of wet in my whistle. That sounds like it might be the right choice, though. Or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that, do you have a, a front runner? Also, mouth noises gross me out, so I'm sort of upset that you just did that. <laughs> I'm trying to provide an auditory experience for the listeners. Yeah, mouth noises are just just gross to me. The, what makes them gross? I don't know. It's like that thing when the movie theater goes dark and all you can hear is people chewing all around you, and it's like so wow. gross. Or, or when there is a radio, when when a radio, when there's somebody on the radio and you can just hear all their. <laughs> like their tongues moving in their mouths. It just like. You don't like I'm it. like, drink some water, take care of this, huh. and speak clearly so I don't have to l- listen to the inner workings of your saliva against the inside of your mouth. Wow. Yeah, it kind of grosses me out. Fascinating. Up. How do you feel about crinkly wrappers in the movie theater? It doesn't gross me out. It pisses me off, but it doesn't gross me out. Oh, and actually, I don't even know if it pisses me off. I'm like, you should have thought of that before. Come on. Uh-huh. I, yeah, I don't like it when people take out a wrapper and they're like, try to be quiet and they it's like, just rip the bandaid off, do it, open it up. And they take a minute to do what should take two seconds. Yeah. Different category than mouth noises to me. Really different. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, creativity. We, what does mindfulness have to do with creativity? <laughs> we're on a Lisa Roland special. This is the Lisa, the Lisa Roland technique for podcast <laughs> entrance. Because we just chose the topic... About five seconds ago. Yeah, that's right. And we're going to get going. We've had no preparation. And you are going to witness improvisation at its best. <laughs> <laughs> there are no pre-prepared questions. There's no outline. That's right. We don't know. We could. It is possible that we finish this, this podcast episode and then think, oh, we should have talked about this on the creativity episode. That is the risk that we're running. We're, and you are going to be the ones to hold us accountable. Or just take what we give you. (laughs) (laughs) And like it. Hold us accountable to what? We're holding us accountable. To the standards of our podcast that we've established over these these long years. Yeah. I mean, I will remind you that the one time we didn't... No, there were two times that we did not publish a podcast. 
That's right. But one was because it was overprepared. It was. It was not because it was too fly by night. You know. True. Too impromptu. Fly by. Night. I want to do a fly by night episode, where we're like coming out of the back of a truck, and like setting up shop in some dark alleyway, <laughs> putting up a table, putting out the mics, record. Okay, here we go. go. Then, Listen, we don't have much time. <laughs> quickly, and they're, then, they're gonna find out we're here any moment. Good cut. Everything back in the truck. Go <laughs> back in the truck. The truck is like an egg delivery truck or something like painted with you know. Yes. Kurt's plumbing. It's a van. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I want to do a fly by night. Okay, well, so we're flying by night. So here. we're yeah, we're we're maybe flying by the seat of our pants is what I. Okay, uh, it is a bright sunny day in Daly City where you're not going to hear the ambient sounds of uh, airplanes overhead like we would on the Stanford campus, uh, and the Monster Baby podcasts are away in the back room because Marley the kitten they is cannot behave herself. She is going to be too much. But we do have my brother Dave is in the house, uh, literally in the house. Do you want to say hello? Good afternoon. <laughs> there we go. That's David Dave's on proof. You. That's proof. Okay, so creativity. I asked you a question. <laughs> well, <laughs> what does mindfulness have to do with creativity? Okay. Oh, how does it inform it? Yeah. Why do you think that it, what are the two, how are the two related? Okay. So, few things come to mind. One, Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can I back up? I have another question. Okay, go ahead. You can say no if you were really on a... Back it up. I'll I'll get back there. Go ahead. Why do you think that creativity is an interesting topic? Why why did it hold any juice for you for today? Oh, boy. Well, creativity has held juice for me for a long time. Uh, Since I was a kid, I always thought I was creative. I always loved creativity, loved drawing. I was like way into drawing when I was a kid. Do you remember anybody telling you that you were creative? Yes. Who told you? Everybody. Everybody told you. Mm. That's why you thought you were creative. (laughs) Interesting. I, yeah, I liked playing with colors and patterns and I liked drawing and I liked arranging things in my environment and what did it stacking mean? When, Legos. When you were a kid, what did it mean that you were creative? Okay. What did that mean yeah. to you? So it meant that, uh, well, I think it meant partly the things I'd like to do with my time. Are what? Playing with Legos. Building. Yeah. Playing with dolls and mm-hmm. like uh, stuffed animals, pretending and making up stories and that sort of thing. I like to draw. I didn't like to sing or dance at the time. Uh-huh. Per se, liked music, but I didn't like. I didn't know how to play it. Yeah. But eventually, that became part of my life too: yeah. singing, dancing, playing guitar. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, I think that's always held a hmm, a particularly exalted place in my like pantheon of experiences to have in the world. Mm-hmm. Like when I look back on my life, the things I'm proudest of or most psyched that I did, a lot of them are creative efforts oh i recorded an album of my music Mm -hmm. of songs that either i wrote or that came to me or i played guitar and i sang and i had friends gathered friends to make a a band for a live concert and we put out an album Mm -hmm. that's cool yeah or singing with talisman or doing improv or i still have mandalas from a time in my life when i was doing a mandala to like kind of bring my psyche back into order is after the earthquake like dr- like draw i would like... just draw mandalas and every now and then i take them out and I'm like they're gorgeous uh-huh they're so beautiful I'm like that's really cool that i did that yeah so there's something about creativity that is very fulfilling to me and always has been it's almost like yeah if i hadn't been in the world this wouldn't be here yeah you made something new i've made something new that's this, what it feels like to be creative before. is like you're making something new yep or rearranging elements that were already there in some new or helpful or even just beautiful way. Yeah. Maybe it's very similar to something else. Does it need to be beautiful? Hmm. That's more pleasing to me when it is. Right. Okay. But that's not a matter of Doesn't a, have to a definition be. of, yeah, yeah, that's just how you like to do. Yeah. And, and I think part of the reason why people said I was creative is that because when I did those things, I usually did something that was pleasing to other people or mm-hmm. was different or original and put pieces together in ways things that other people hadn't seen or done. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like creativity. Mm-hmm. I think it's always resonated for me. Cool. 
Yeah, and I think I've mentioned the story about the marijuana and creativity. I don't know. Mom telling me that I was creative. So I thought my mom had a, speaking of creativity, very creative way of preventing me from using marijuana, if that's oh, what it yes, was. Oh, yes, 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 you did, you did tell me that. Yeah. I think I told it on the podcast, even, maybe. That your mom said, you know, pot kills your creativity. Uh, creative people, uh, you might want to use pot because it, it, you know, some people like it. But you should know that sometimes really creative people have a really negative experience. Ah, so she sort of tapped into your identity as a creative person. That's right. Yes. And so it's like, well, I'm super creative. I'm not going to touch that stuff. Interesting. And I never did. Yeah. And who knows what it could have done for my creativity. In retrospect, I'm like, there's a lot of musicians who use pot. Yeah. doesn't seem to affect theirs. <laughs> yeah. Or if it does, it seems to affect it to the positive. In a, in a just fine way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in any case. Yeah. Yeah, I know plenty of artists who have just a fine time with, with mm-hmm. weed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so that's me. That's why I would think about this topic. How about you? Well, it, it just feels so essentially, in terms of impro- improv, it feels like, how could, when we were talking about it, it's like, how could we not have talked about creativity? I because we, we, and I, I think that improvisation is essentially a creative art form mm-hmm. in that you are, you are p- building something that was not there always. And that's a really powerful, I find that to be a super powerful way of connecting with people, building something that was not there. And that can be just a riff or a joke or a line or a story or a character, or a scene, like just some little engagement with something in the moment where you're generating something that wasn't there before is a creative act. That's a creative act. And it's not the only kind, but that's, that's, you're literally creating, <laughs> creating mm-hmm. something. And it's, it's really interesting. And it's also interesting that I find the, the way that I teach people, I routinely talk about how there's no such thing as creative people and not creative people. Like I really am against that idea of, or rather I have been, I could look at it a little bit, but my party line so far has been, <laughs> There are people who have a more direct line to their impulses and are willing to express them. And there are people who don't and are not. But it's not that they're not creative. It's not that they're not creative. It's that, that, that quick thinkers and creative people are sort of more willing to like say the stuff that comes to their mind. And that last time you said creative, you had air quotes around it. Yeah, because I don't, because I I disagree with the dichotomy. I'm just giving the air quotes for the listeners. Yes. Thank you. Auditory air quotes. The, yeah, so, so that said, I'm, you know, I was recently read a book called Behave, no, I, that's a lie, I didn't read it. I read the first, like, 15% of this book called oh. Behave by Robert Sapolsky. It's an, it's a tome of academic research about mm-hmm. why humans behave the way that they do, and the whole first chapter is this, like, primer on neurobiology and how your brain works and what's happening, and the fact that different brains are wired in different ways and and some people who have more connections between so this actually goes against my right. idea that everybody's creative or something which is that different people some people are sort of born with brains that have more connections more neuronal connections between more disparate ideas yeah. and those people we consider to be creative yeah and other people don't. Right. And so there is some sort of neurobiological basis for what is creative and what is not creative. But I don't like that because I think that it's so easy for people to say, oh, I'm not creative. That's right. And it feels like a cop, it sort of feels like a cop out. And it also feels like, no, everybody has some creative impulse. Right. You may I, not be Picasso with I, your creativity. I think, but I think that's life. I think that life is a creative impulse like that we are living Right, so this is what, in my business, anima learning, this is what I think anima is, is this force in us that wants to come out and connect and be curious and like create stuff and make, that's like the point set of making a new leaf and changes colors and then keeps growing. Do you think this plant is creative? Uh, yeah. I think life is creative. I think it's bringing stuff into being. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I was going to ask when you were talking earlier, uh, 
you know, aren't we always being creative? Isn't every moment no. a being something new? And yet it's because, so this is where mindfulness might come in, is yeah. like, it's only not creative if we're not paying it, if we're not there, if we're not like, with our full awareness, right? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, that, yeah. Because speech, like right now, I don't know what I'm going to say. I might have some idea of like what the next couple sentences is going to be. But when I get there, spaghetti sauce, I might change it up. I don't know. I might say something totally different. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I get, I get what you mean, and I suppose that I could, I could be, you, you, we could. My current experience is like that is not what I mean by creativity. Okay, so let's speaking is not what I mean by creativity, right? Uh, it's like I'm probably sweating right now, but I don't feel like that's a creative act, even though that sweat now exists in the world and instead of just in my body and. Like, I don't think that's what, and I, I kind of, and me, I could be, conv like, I'm sure that there is some, I could get deep about it and be like, no, right. we are all constantly artists and creators because we are creating yeah. breath. You know what I mean? Like, I'm expelling CO2 into the world that wasn't right. there a moment ago, and therefore, is that a creative, I don't know that that's a creative act. Like, the plant, I don't know that I would consider, right. but, but there, but it's interesting because as we do talk about creation, Right. Yeah, and I'm chuckling because the <laughs> because this might be extrovert introvert. Like for you, speech is like sweating; it just happens. It just comes out of the body. There it is. You you know you do some work, and of course you talk. Yeah. Whereas for an introvert, it's like no speech is an intentional speech is act an of creation. Act of creation. So I wonder if that you know if there's something in between those two or that combines those two, but. Well, I like I like the notion of well, I think poetry combines those two, right? Like, right, yeah. Or speaking for an effect, or speaking to follow an impulse of yours, or speaking because you're interested in the way this might sound. But just kind of regular speech does not feel like a creative act to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just speak like ordering a burrito doesn't feel like a creative act to me. Could be. I understand that you're saying that, right? Like I understand but that you think you, speaking is creative. If, if you deliver it. No, but do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, a you know Shakespearean about? actor. Yeah. Well, not a Shakespearean actor, an overblown Shakespearean actor. The 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 tension yeah. I'm playing with around this, particularly with speech, is this work I've been doing with Patsy Rodenberg. Yeah. Voice and acting coach and presence coach. And when we're talking about speaking, it's about making it intentional and that when we articulate with full awareness and we are conscious of what we're saying and we're putting it out in the world, it has an impact. And that everything we say is is something. Everything but, we say is something is different than saying speaking is creative. Okay. In my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are all, right? Like yeah. what we say has an impact, how we say it has an impact. Uh, so, so that, I mean, it's interesting then. It's like, well, then what do I consider to be what counts as a creative act? Right. For me, there's something, and I'm, I don't, as usual, don't necessarily disagree with you here. Yeah. I'm just playing it out. But there is, yeah, for me to go order a burrito or even just to have a regular conversation is different than making up a story on the spot. Right. There's something. It's different than singing. It's different than. Yes. Right. There's a functionality about things. There's a, you know, and then there's, so maybe sort of like creativity, like. Is creativity. It's partly about being in unfamiliar spaces, I think. You know, so it's like I, it, when we're on stage in an improv scene, we don't know what's going to come out if we're playing freshly. I think we're, I, I'm sorry. Yes. You know, ahead. so it's like if we're not falling on default tropes that we always play, but we're really staying fresh, then it's like I really don't know what's going to happen next. Uh -huh. And so that's got this, this wide open possibility and uncertainty and we... We do something and then everything else comes out of that. Yeah. In a regular speech, like, nah, it's a kind of a limited parameters, limited number of places it's going to go. Does that make sense, that distinction? Yes. Yeah. The, You're a little bit off the map. You're sort of off the map. It's like, wait, I'm not sure. I don't know what is mm -hmm. going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're saying that is... I thought you were saying that I was off the map. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, creative speech when is when it's like we map. have left the yes. known territory and yes. we are 
for me, I think, because when you think about like you were a creative kid, the things right. that made you feel creative, the things that made other people tell you that you were creative. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily know that I agree with those people. You know what I mean? That some kids are creative and some kids are not creative. But I, but I, but I do agree that like, right. If I were to think about like, well, what is engaging in create a creative thing? I think it is a, uh, sort of an act of seeing the possibilities there you see different possibilities than what is literally and directly in front of you mm -hmm. so not that, just the literal not just the literal there is yeah you you can see how things might be different so part of it is vision i think part of it is i don't mean literal vision i mean like what can you see is possible. Yeah, what, what could... Oh, you could use this to be a boat, right. right? So you can see possibility in something that would otherwise be mundane. Or you could see, oh, these colors would go... I want to put these colors together. I think that would be nice. You're, you're, you're envisioning something that doesn't... That is not literally there yet. Right. So that reminds me of the game uh, 101... What is it? 101 uses or... Yeah, where you... Props where you like use a thing for something else. It's like a banana... And you're like, use it as a phone. Hi. Yeah. Uh, your call is here, ma'am. Right. Use it as a tiny canoe. Hmm. Yeah, you could use it as a mustache upside yeah, right. down. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's, that's one one thing, seeing the different possibilities. Yeah, so there's something about being in touch with possibilities of building something that is not yet there. Okay. I think a second piece is then the willingness, once you've seen it, to cobble those things together. Splice them and put them next to each other. See what happens. Well, so interweave so, them. Is overlay that the them. same thing, or is that a so? So this I think gets down to my thing of like, no, everybody's creative. The people that we recognize for being creative are just also willing. But like the yeah. folks who are not willing, does that mean they are not creative? Yeah. Or does that mean that they are creative but they're not listening to that voice and they're not expressing it? Or is that the same thing? Or it could, yeah, I could have the willingness but not the the vision. Right. To see the new connection, be like, oh, well, if I could see them, I'd be happy to put them together. So I would say a person like that, I would, would be somebody that I would be less likely to say was creative. A person who's willing but doesn't have the vision. Yes. Right. But the person who has the vision and is not willing, are they still creative? Like you were saying, yeah. they have the vision, but they're also willing. And it's like, well, but could, could it be? Right. Self-limited self creative. Yeah, which I feel like is actually the thing that I... that That's my most common experience in improv classes is people who don't think they're creative. And then you show them that like it's... No, actually, there's just a lot of gates up between yeah. your impulse, your ideas, and your creativity and the world. It's there. You just got to allow it to come out. Yeah. I think it's like talent... You know, so we're in this mind, in this realm of mindsets, fixed and growth mindsets, like I am creative or I'm not creative is a fixed mindset. Yeah. We're all creative to some degree and we can grow that creativity as a growth mindset. And I think that certain people are maybe like Sapolsky was saying in this book. Uh, have this certain, certain setup. They got a certain setup. They got a brain chemistry that's like, you're good to go. You got a head start. Boom. And I would probably put my childhood Ted in that category. Like, got some advantages, use them or don't. And then the question is, you know, what do you, what do you, how do you train and who are you exposed to and what do you learn to be able to put those together in a bigger way? And so the creativity either withers or blossoms. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And people who don't have, like, brains are plastic. We know that. Yeah, and I still think, and this is one of the uh, one of the most beautiful gifts of improv to me is I do believe that everybody is creative, and that it doesn't have to be flashy, it doesn't have to be fast, but the like. By the time we are, we can speak and move and interact. There is a certain creativity in in everyday behavior, that can get tapped, and it's like if you just say the obvious thing. Something will unfold. Right, and so we have to maybe we have to learn how to share control, or I mean, say yes to right? scenes, or build on them, or listen. Those are all skills we have to develop right. in order to be able to serve tap, our creativity, tap that creativity, and bring it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, have you? I've never met a kid who has never pretended, who just doesn't pretend. I don't think. I don't think I've met a kid who just doesn't pretend. That's a really interesting question. I wonder if there are some children who are, you know, whether it's 
autism or Asperger's spectrums or... I do too. Who, who like, it's, no, just, it's either there or it's not. Yeah, and I think probably also some, like, traumatized kids yep. might not pretend. Yeah. Or, or maybe traumatized kids go real far into pretend. So, there, right, there's, there's these things. But when you look at the way kids are, yeah. generally, it's like, yeah. Right, so when you were saying that, I was sort of I'm scrolling through my files from when I taught high school. And like, oh no, there are some kids. I mean, kids. I know you're talking little kids, children. But I'm saying, by the time they get to high school, yeah, some of them, that creativity is shut down. Shut down. I mean, it's like, tell me what to do. If you don't tell me what to do, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. If I've never seen something, I'm not going to try. If I it. don't know what's going to work, I'm not going to try it. Yep. And so, in that sense, it's shut down. Yeah. So I, I yeah, and I, I love that. Some even that person who's totally shut down, if they come into an improv class, they, they open up again. They're going to open back up when they start to play and start to oh my you god, pretend and you yeah. can't help it. It's a necessary. Right. You just there's no choice if you're in an improv class. You either don't participate or simply by virtue of doing it, you are creating yeah. something new. Yeah. And then, to me, that's an example of that life force kind of taking over again and then. Creating something. It's yeah. like propelling From something forward. just the stuff of you. That's just right. the stuff of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I think like builders are creative and people who are really good with their hands and do construction and people who are good at figuring out how to arrange rooms and, you know, just like, oh, what if we did this? Yeah. Experimentation. It's, it is that what if, that like, but what if this? What if this log was a boat? What if you were a dinosaur? What if I pretended that I'm you? What if, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, yeah, I think that's... If I'm a dinosaur, can I live in amber? I'd like to live in amber. The whole dinosaur? I want to be... a shit ton of amber. But uh, yes, you can. Please. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take a shit ton of amber. Sure. For 500, please. Granted. And then live inside it. Great. Live forever. Yep. Hey, e- any, sure. Any Eternosaurus... Um, yeah. So like, so, so I still don't, I mean, I'm sure that philosophically I could get behind this idea that the very, like waking up in the morning is a creative process. I am not currently on that train. Mm -hmm. I think the kind of creativity that is sort of interesting is this other thing of, I could just say a thing. I could could just say a thing. Something could come from me, that idea of creative confidence and ideas popping into your head and that I'm capable of just having ideas Mm -hmm. and, and that, the depth of that is unknowable because the more you exercise that, the more you have. Right. And it's un, it's unlimited. I like both sides of this. I like the idea of like, no, it's there's nothing special about, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're like, okay, uh, do you want any toast? You know, that's not a creative. It's just, we're just talking. And the notion of like, oh yeah, it is. <laughs> and, and it's partly, it's part, I'm thinking of a silent retreat. Mm-hmm. So when when I've been on silent retreats for eight days, seven days, you just go for these long stretches, this long stretch where there's no speech, or occasionally there's you know the the teacher or the guiding instructor is going to lead a meditation, and all of a sudden, every word is like pulsing with life and purpose, and you don't need to say a whole lot because it, it is carrying that much weight. Right, mm-hmm. and so when I when I've come out of these retreats, I do feel like, oh, am I going to speak now? Okay, here we go. Yeah, and right, so it has this all this other impulse behind it where it does become uh, a creative act. A creative act. Yeah. So I like both of them. I like that they feel simultaneously true to me. Yeah. And what would it be like if we brought that the latter of those that more meditative intentionality into the sort of everyday speech you know not that it had to be so weighty and pious yeah but just like no let me this matters if it matters if it matters what do i want to say if what i'm about to say matters yeah what do i want to say yeah and if i let's say for example i only get whatever fifty thousand words this month which words am I going to choose? Yeah. Where am I going to spend them? Yeah. And then on the other side, there's like, no, a bird is meant to sing. It just sings. It's going to go. It's going to sing all day, all night. Whoop. Trill away. Right. You know? I don't know. I like them both. I'll take one of each. 
I let them sit on my shelf and I'll think about which one I want to have for breakfast. Yeah, it's in, it's a very, it's very interesting. You had asked me though. So now we've, we've been talking about what is creativity. Now that we've got it settled. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've answered that. You asked me about creativity and mindfulness. Yeah. I like the tension that we talked about way back, I think episode two or three it was. Impulse and pause. Impulse and pause. Yeah. And that, so a lot of creativity is about following impulses and, as we said, splashing things together and seeing what happened and not filtering it out before you get to do it. And a lot of mindfulness is wait, taking a, taking a breath, don't have to do something impulsively, see what's up, okay, what options arise, and then making a choice about which one, like which of my 10,000, 50,000 words am I going to use for the month. So there seems to be a tension there, and yet the, uh, the ability of paying attention that we can develop in mindfulness is hugely helpful for any kind of creativity. Well, no, I should, uh, no, let me take that back. Back it up. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> That's our plumbing truck. Yes. Our egg delivery truck. Our, Backing it up. In our incognito yeah. podcast recording. That, the, that kind of a focused attention can be helpful for certain kinds of creativity. So really tuning in to what's happening in the moment, turning off the thinking mind, and just being in the sensing mode. So like playing music and like fully aware of the musicians around you and what, the, what is the rhythm and what's the melody, what's the harmony. Or being on stage and improv, like I've got my full focus here. That feels like, but you that, got your full focus and then you respond to your impulse. That's I mean, right. You respond to your impulse. Yeah, so, but that, that developing that focus is a huge help to creativity. Yes. Whereas pausing totally. might be, yeah. And then there's something about like daydreaming that is not mindfulness. Mm-hmm. that is hugely helpful for creativity. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think we might get into talking about or introducing into our conversation the idea of muses. Mm. So it's like, if I just let my brain go and I'm not trying to hold my attention on my breath or on sounds in the environment, I'm just like, what do I want to think about? I'm going to go into a kind of reverie, maybe a nostalgia. Or even maybe. just what am I thinking about? Like yeah. not even a choice of what do I want to think about? Just like, huh? where does my brain go? Right. And I'm in my ideal. I'm thinking like lying on a lawn, looking up at the sky. Yeah. And then stuff shows up. Mm-hmm. And where does that come from? And yet a creative idea comes out. Poof! There it is. Whew, out of the blue. Ooh, that's a new word or a new image. Image or a new set of ideas that link together. Or a new tune. Yeah. Or a new lyric. And so and that's what they say, right? Like composers say, like, well, it just popped into my head. That with certain certain songs that I've written, it's felt like it has come through me. Mm-hmm. Other ones have been like, no, I, I wrote that. Yeah, I worked. That. I wrote that. Whatever this thing is, it is me. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, mindfulness and creativity. There are some ways that mindfulness helps, and some ways that it's like, either it hinders or it's just something altogether different. It's just something different. Yeah. So you know what is. Do more ideas come in the shower when I'm focused on something or when I'm just experiencing the sensation of being in the shower? What are you focused on in the shower, Ted? Uh, Maybe like I'm going to focus on the experience of the soap in my hands or the feel of the water on my scalp or (laughs) what were you imagining? It was an open question. I see. I wasn't sure. Okay. I was like, are you focused on a problem that you're trying to work out in the shower or are you focused on... You mean you're Lots being... of great ideas come to me in the shower. Yeah. Don't know why that is. I think you're not alone. I think that's the case with a lot of people. In the shower, I'm usually alone. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. That's Different. why you're just focusing on the soap. Any? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> do you? Does that make sense, mindfulness-wise? Yeah, everything you just said makes sense to me. Okay. I'm thinking about whether that what. I have to say about that. Do you buy it? Well, I don't feel like you really made a point. Oh. I mean, I think you said there are ways in which... Hold on, hold on. Well, here's my understanding. I feel like I made three points. Here's my understanding. Is that it's like mindfulness can help in some ways and can hurt in other ways. And maybe it's also different. 
And right. so it's like, that's, that's good. That's yeah, that's all. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I get, I get that. I buy all of those things that maybe this and maybe that and maybe nothing. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Glad my points came across. Yes. Yeah, but there was a little more specificity. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. I, but I just, I, uh, <laughs> I, it doesn't feel like a position. But I, but I do. Okay. But I see. I see. And I agree that. I mean, this is. I feel like this is why we. This is why we're talking about these two things together. Is that improv and mindfulness have a lot to do with one another? And improv, to me, if it just feels like such an essentially creative. Mm-hmm. It's not like it takes creativity. It's like it is creativity in a way. Oh yeah, nice, nice distinction. I mean, it's just like it's just in there. You know, like you you can't you gotta come up with something. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway, and and so much of your inspiration comes from what's there, and training your attention is a really valuable skill so that you can get to the moment Mm -hmm. where the creation is happening because creation happens only in the present it cannot you cannot sort of plan for it i think it arises in the moment and you have an opportunity to do something with it or not Mm. these like hits come at least that's when it's most vital the image that came to mind is you said is you as you said that was planting seeds you can't plan for it what about like you know, leaving clues along the way, leaving breadcrumbs or... No, no, breadcrumbs is wrong. That's the wrong image. Seeds. I think you can, like, build a... I think you can build a container for it. Mm, okay. You can, like, set a stage for it. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, the Twyla Tharp wrote a book called The Creative Habit. Did okay. you read this book? No. It's all about how she's, like, I have a very... People think that, oh, I'm an artist, and so, like, I just, like wander around until inspiration strikes and then I do something with it and she's like I have the most regimented morning like I get up at five this is what I do first I go to the gym I get my coffee I go to the studio whether I have ideas or not writers are the same like I have Mm -hmm. super strict habit like you gotta yeah inspiration may come but you gotta show up for it you gotta you gotta open the door Mm -hmm. right like build a like feather your nest so that when inspiration comes you're ready for it so in that way, you can plan to be ready for it. In fact, Casey Clem, who's a Bats company member, once said, the way that you get ready for a show is you prepare yourself to be inspired. <laughs> like you prepare yourself, you, mm-hmm. you walk in really open to being inspired by your partners. So whatever you got to do to get yourself most open and receptive, that's what you mm. do. You don't spend time brainstorming or thinking stuff up. You spend your time sort of getting open mm-hmm. so that you're, you show up ready to see what's there. Nice. And in that way, the creativity feels effortless. In fact, yeah, I just read, I reread some parts of Impro, which is the book by Keith Johnstone about improvisation for the theater. And he talks about dealing with people who don't think they're creative. And as soon as you take the pressure off of them, he describes this, this game where he says, okay, tell me a story. And the person says, oh, I, I, I don't, I don't know any stories. And I'm like, well, think of one. It's like, I can't think, I can't. I can't think up a story. I'm just not creative like that. No way. Yeah. Impossible. And then he talks about, he says, okay, well, I've thought up a story. Just, will you just make guesses and I'll tell you if you're right or not about my story. Mm -hmm. And of course the trick is he doesn't have a story, but as they ask yes or no questions, he basically randomly answers yes or no until the person has built this whole story. Right. Coming out of their own brain, which was loosened up because they didn't feel create responsible for it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, there's something else out there. Well, I can guess what your story's about. Yeah. It's like, well, it's the same thing. Just guess what your own story's about. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. maybe my story's about aliens, and maybe my story's about dogs, and maybe my story's about you know finding oneself or whatever. So, I forget what my point was. It's all in there. Like, yeah. yeah. I forget what your point was too. Yeah. I'm sure there was one. I'm sure there was one when I started. I'm not sure about that. Well, you're talking about welcoming creativity. The the oh yeah yeah you can't plan for it. So you're talking about planting seeds. Can you plan for it? Right. I don't. I guess you can plan for it, but it may or may not show up. But inspiration may or may not show and up. You can, but you can cultivate it. You can prepare to be inspired. Do the things that set you up well. And yeah. And I like the idea of well, Parker Palmer is a guy who wrote a book called The Courage to Teach and a book called The Hidden Wholeness. And he's done a lot of work with organizations about um, circles of trust. And he talks about listening for the inner inner wisdom, the inner light or the soul. Some people don't use the word soul, but 
he does. Uh, and he says that the soul is like a wild animal, that it's skittish. And if you go crashing through the woods trying to find it, it'll run off because it doesn't like to be seen, right? And that if you go quietly and sit and wait, it will show up. And I love that image. And even more so, I like the thinking about, oh, so what are the things that would get the soul to show up mm -hmm. and to come back? And so for me, the soul and oh, creativity yeah, nice. are very much linked. Yeah. But so, okay, hmm, what if it's this stag in the woods? What's it going to want? Well, a salt lick. For, <laughs> salt lick. What is a salt lick to creativity? For yeah. me, it's partly engagement. So it's like if my creativity shows up and says, oh, here's an idea. And I say, cool. What can we do with that? And I play with it. It feels honored. Yeah. If I'm like, nah, nah. Not good enough. No. Not interesting. Then eventually it's like, fine, I won't come back because I, I keep back. rejecting it. Yeah, right. This has been one of the, my struggles on silent retreats when we're not supposed to write is if a good idea comes, I want to write it down because I want to honor that muse for bringing it to me. Is that why you want to write it down? Yeah. Really? Yes. That's like it's not like oh I don't want to lose this or well, I want to do something with this later. It's, it's, it's like, that I too, honor. but I'm kind of willing to let go of that because for the larger experience of being on a retreat and having it. But like the real thing, like I really don't want to let that part of me down and have it go away because I'm not. You don't feel like there's it. another way to honor that? Have you thought about that? Like another way to honor, like Great witness question. the idea and accept the idea, and then. Great question. I haven't. No. Interesting. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not creative. I like did, I just totally thought that it would be like, oh, I don't want to forget this idea. It's a good idea. I don't want to forget it. it that too, that too. Yeah. Uh, that's a kind of clinging, the clinging side of it. But I want to, I want that part of me to keep coming back. So when it shows up, I'm gonna try to interact with that, and and it's like with dreams, you know, put a journal by the bedside which is a signal to the unconscious mind, hey, I'm willing to receive what you send me. I'm ready to I'm ready to catch it. And then if I remember my dream when I wake up and I write it down, that part of me that brought the dream is like, oh, check it out. He's paying attention. Okay. Yeah. Tomorrow night, here's this one. Yeah. And it's, all of a sudden it's more vivid or longer, more detailed. Right. So I, I, for me, that's part of cultivating creativity is saying, yeah, when it shows up. That's an interesting Or when question. an impulse shows up, honoring it. Yeah. I'm going to think about how I cultivate my own creativity. Mm. Or if I do. I mean, I feel like I'm improvising all the time, and so I mm -hmm. that so I get to engage in that. Uh, and when you say that, you mean improvising often because you perform and teach. Perform and teach, yeah. So, so You didn't mean like improvising all the time, like everyday speech. Like we're improvising now. Right. I don't mean that. Pacha! However, would you consider making a podcast a creative act? Yes. Yeah, and we're just having a conversation. Interesting. So what makes it a creative What makes act? this different than ordering a burrito? I will you, say that just before exactly. the podcast... I was just going to say that you did we, order burritos. I did order, but we had Chipotle <laughs> just before this podcast, so... What makes this different? Yeah. Is it that we are capturing this for other people to... And then re-sorting and... Yeah, there's some element of putting it together. There's something that will... Stand as a testament to time. Yeah, in the same way that like two garbage cans being next to each other is not a creative act, but somebody taking a photograph of it and putting it up in a museum is. Mm -hmm. Or somebody taking two drumsticks and is a creative act using those two garbage cans. Oh, yes. Yes, right. So like what you do with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How you choose to see it and in your framing of the thing. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, once again, we've just wandered into the realm of big unanswerable questions. I feel like I also, in terms of cultivating creativity, okay. that another thing that I sort of try to do is look for other ways to engage in creativity. So I'm doing this clown workshop this summer, which is not mm -hmm. a thing that I know how to do mm -hmm. yet. And I've taken painting classes in the past and Expan I, would you don't... say expanding the range of your abilities or expanding your no I don't, it's like engaging in a different kind of creative act which okay. yes does expand the range of my abilities it, but you're not you don't think of it like 
Mm, let me get another tool for my toolkit. That's not how I, how I look at it. It's the up to process thing. It's not like, what am I going to get out of this workshop? It's mm-hmm. like, I want to, I want to, I want to engage in a different way. I see you, one way I think you cultivate your creativity is to challenge your defaults. Try new stuff out, right? Or if you get into a pattern, you're like, oh, let me take a new route. Mm-hmm. Or let me change the way I'm going to have this conversation. What's an example of how you've seen me do that? Oh, jeez. Uh, in in teaching. Oh, we'll try something new. Yeah, try something yeah. new. Um, have never played this game this way before. Let's see what happens when we play it this way. Let's try it. Yeah, great. You know, or we usually do it in this order. Let's try it in this order. Yeah. You know. I guess that's sort of that idea that the thing that makes me think of is that connection to possibility and vision of like, well, maybe it could be different. Mm-hmm. Maybe we try it this way. There's also a taller... You have it. I think creative people in general have it. Improvisers have it. A tolerance for mm, might be messy, and we're not going to be too worried about it. That's the you know relationship to failure. Like, uh, let's see what happens. Nope, nope, that didn't work. Nope. Okay, that wasn't it. Next. Yeah. Whereas some people have today a really hard time. It happened yeah. today in class. It happened today in class. How so? Well, I just did something in a way that I'd never done it before. And sort of made calls on the fly to try something new. And I was like, at, at the end, I was like, oh, yeah, that was not the right way to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see that now. <laughs> you know? I've totally done that. And I've, sometimes I've been transparent with students to say, I want to try something. I'm not sure this is going to work. Yeah. This might flop miserably, but let's see. Yeah. And then we do it and like, yeah. Yeah, it didn't work. It kind of flopped. Great, well, we tried that. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah, good to know. On to the next. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? Oh, a million things. A million. But for right now, probably not. Dave, anything anything you want to add? <laughs> don't have the time? There's oh, we don't time. have enough time. Yeah. Clearly. Um, uh, yeah. Anything else on your mind? Anything else that your future self is going to be bummed that you didn't mention on this podcast when we shut it down? I don't think so. <laughs> Great. I, I feel pretty... I like... It, uh, well, as we might have predicted at the beginning, as perhaps we did even predict, not necessarily ordered. (laughs) How do you feel about that? Well, when I go back and edit the podcast and have to tell, you know, do the little write-up of like what's what's in here. I have to like figure out chapter headings and there's going to be some order imposed upon it. Some labeling. Some labeling at least. Yeah. So... But it wasn't a plan. Yeah, I didn't have a sequence. So it felt a little bit uh, peripatetic. Is that the right word? I'm not sure. Wander- what do you mean by Meandering? That? Like meandering. went off and... Yeah. You know the little, those little maps or looking from above where you see little footprints that like wander... Yeah, like the family in... circle, family exactly. circus. Family yeah. circus cartoon. Yeah, you see the footprints that go everywhere. That yeah. kind of feels like what we did here today. How do you feel about that? I feel fine. I feel fine. Good. Yeah, it feels it was fun. Great. A little wander through the woods. Yeah. Yeah. And you? Great. You're good to go. Yeah. Ready to lock and load. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> I'm like, I'm I think I'm ready to say goodbye. I think we oh, we got what we came for. Oh, it's time to say goodbye. Yeah, but not forever. Okay. We'll be back, we promise. Yeah. All right. So great. Well that was creativity. Let's let's get out of here. And uh We'll see you in the outro. Yeah. How about this? How about this? If I were to leave you with something, Ooh. it would be to... Are you leaving s- me or the listeners? No, the listeners. Okay. See if there is a... Like, not, notice that idea... My question for you is, where do, where do you find opportunities to exercise your own creativity? Whether that is small or large, mm. if it's if it's explicit, like you are an artist, that answer may be very easy. If it is not as explicit, like you are a you know professional person and you work in a bank and you your life is more or less routine. So where where is that? Where does the the creativity come from? And do you have as much outlet for your creativity as you want? Mm, okay, I'm going to offer a little inspiration, invitation. Can you notice the times in your life as you're going through your day-to-day where you might shut your creativity down or the muse presents itself and you say, no, thank you, or even just no. And can you maybe challenge that 
voice in you or maybe offer something for the muse that might please it. Yeah. What does it look like to accept that? Yeah. Cool. Whether it's in the shower or not. That's right. (laughs) Okay. To be continued. I think that's, I think that's it. Okay. Enjoy loves. Thanks for hanging with us. Yep. Bye. it yeah so a cool thing happened just after we stopped the podcast and we were chatting a little bit with dave who's here in the living room ted's brother and he said you know from just listening to that because he's listened to the whole recording he drew sort of an interesting dichotomy which is the idea that improv sort of lines up with an idea of of a casual creativity you sort of are taking what comes and going with it and it's not a a super intentional process necessarily and that mindfulness lines up with a more intense creativity a sort of focused considered you know before you ask the question do you do you before you order your burrito do you consider how you're using your words and what impact they will have on the person that you're talking to and things like that I like that notion of wider consideration. Improv's got this sense of just, I'm going to let it, I'm going to let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. And And that idea that like all conversation is is improvised and so there's this creativity happening all the time in terms of how we choose our words and what's happening and that just sort of like we tumble along into that, in that creative process. And and there's that life thrust and then the mindfulness practices to say, okay, maybe I channel that yeah, shape stop, it. Notice it. Choose it. Rudder, rudder in the stream. Yes, great. All those images. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Great. Okay. All right. Well, what do we need to tell these people before we, we uh, go. let well, them go? Okay. Number one. Mm-hmm. If there's anything in here that you'd like to talk to us about, ask us about, challenge us on, we would be delighted to hear from you. Info at monsterbabypodcast.com. Oh, that reminds me of something. Okay. I got a Facebook message from Joel Bloom. Hello, Joel. Thanks for listening. What up, Joel? He said, hey, you guys should do a thing where you let people call in and talk to you, like a live taking questions and things like that. So like let them know when to call in and talk to us. Oh, wow. Which sounds cool. I think I like that idea. Yeah. So let's put that together. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. So write us and look, look out for that. And the way you would find out about that is by coming to the Facebook Monster Baby Podcast page. page. Yeah. And we would put that there. So, yeah, both those things. Uh, and then, of course, you can still sign up for our retreat in Santa Cruz, our Mindful Play, Playful Mind retreat. June 11 to 15. Got some great folks signed up. Yeah. And uh, got space for more. So, that's animalearning.com slash Monster Baby Retreat. All right. And, and now, the end. Get out of here. <laughs> Have a great day. Big hugs to everybody who's in your life if you want them. And uh, we'll see 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 you 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 next time. Yeah. Adios. Adios.